Hi there, and welcome to Indie Know, a podcast hosted by me, Lane Northcutt. Each episode, I will interview an indie author or publishing professional and chat about all things related to the author journey, including writing, editing, publishing, marketing, advertising, and so much more. If you're an author or just interested in learning more about writing, then stick around. Each week, my goal is simple, to help you learn a bit more about the craft and the industry. After listening, I hope you'll feel a little bit more Indie No. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Indie No. Today's guest is author Bethany Stutzman. Bethany lives in Arizona with her cats, Indy and Sherlock. She lives for Halloween, enjoys watching scary movies, and drinks a startling amount of coffee. Her passion for spooky tales started at a young age when her brothers would tell her ghost stories while they traveled across the country in the family RV. Her tales center on the monster in your closet and are sure to leave you looking behind your shoulder. Without further ado, welcome Bethany. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing well, thank you. Um... So first, I'd love to know a little bit more about you and your writing. Give us, uh, give us some more information about your backstory and, and how you got started in this crazy career. You know, uh, just kind of like what you said, uh, my dad was Air Force, so we traveled around the country. Uh, we would always be in an RV, so we moved around a lot. And my brothers, to entertain ourselves, you know, this is before phones and all that mm-hmm. fun stuff. <laughs> so we would just tell stories, we'd make up games. We do a bunch of stuff and uh, it, it just created a really, really creative environment for us, which was fun. So um, I always wrote little stories when I was a kid, didn't think too much of it. And then uh, my current book, when when I published it, it actually took several years to write because it was just something fun to, to do in the background. And, and it wasn't until someone really encouraged me to publish it that it came out. But, but yeah, it just kind of created a, a really fun environment to be in. Right. And and did you always know that you were going to write in the genre of horror? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> my um my my background with my family is very conservative Christian military. So um scary stuff was not anywhere <laughs> around <laughs> us. In fact, we didn't celebrate Halloween. We didn't do any of that stuff. And like, if anything inappropriate came on TV and my mother would fast forward it, or I have to go help her bake cookies in the kitchen. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, um, apparently I was a little rebel because I always started reading things from the library, started checking out stuff. (laughs) And, uh, I, I I don't know what it is about horror. It's just, it's fun. Uh, it kind of distracts you from everyday things going on and, and just kind of lets you escape for a while, which is, which is something I think is kind of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's uh it's a big genre, right? The the genre of horror and and thrillers and and there's so many people out there looking for this this scare, this um this other world that we don't normally get in our own lives. And and I loved how you mentioned how you escape into that. Can you talk a little bit about why you enjoy living among the zombies and ghosts and monsters? You know, I think it's the I think it's the unknown. Uh, in this day and age with so much uh, information at our fingertips, like if you want to know anything, you just go on Google and find it. But with horror, there's just something that is unknown there. There's that element of not knowing what's going to happen, what's mm-hmm. what's around the corner or what's in the dark. And I think that's what's really exciting for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can remember watching old horror movies, you know, and, and um, a lot of them 
Well, actually, it's funny because there's two sides to horror for, for me that it's the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre side and the Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein side, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, are you uh, are you in the camp that that enjoy the Abbott and Costello movies, and and do those make their way into into your writing in in any way? You know, I think you have to have a little bit of both. Uh, you have to have good timing between the the slasher and scary, but you need to throw in that little bit of of almost comical relief right there, just to kind of give kind of unsettle the person a little bit sometimes if they're always on their show or I'm sorry, if they're always on their toes, then mm-hmm. they're not going to, or, or they're always going to expect something's going to happen. But if you kind of give them that comedic relief a little bit, then it opens up to do a sudden jump scare. Right. Now you mentioned earlier that it, it didn't take, it, it didn't come to you right away to publish this book and that there was, there was a person who kind of gave you a little kick to get that started. Can you talk a little bit more about that person and, and the impact of them on your career and, and what it was like to, to become an author? Yeah. Uh, so I was actually in a not the best marriage for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And um, that was my escape was I would go into my room uh, and I would just write to just kind of escape that life. And mm-hmm. uh, it just kind of, it, it gave me a place to go where I didn't have to experience what was going on in my real life. And it gave me something, uh, another outlet for it. So one day I got the courage to leave that person and I, I left them and I ended up having um, an encounter with a, an amazing person. And he's currently my boyfriend right now. We've been together for about, you know, three years. And, mm-hmm. and it, it, it took me realizing that I was worth being um, I was worth being with someone who loved me for me yeah. and that gave me the confidence to, to publish my works because I, I think, you know, you probably talk with several people who in the writing industry, who what they write is just very personal to them. Um, mm-hmm. And even though I write horror, that's not, you know, obviously I don't encounter <laughs> like <laughs> zombies and stuff in my yeah. everyday life, but some of your life manifests in your writing. and. So to have the courage to publish that and have people read what you were writing when before you were in a relationship where they just made you feel very little is a big impact. So this person just, you know, he, he gave me the courage to do it and he kept pushing me. Um, I mean, my parents were always there too, but it's, it's always that like one, one extra step of a person on what they give you. And, and he just really helped me out with that. It's so interesting, right? As, as an author that, especially when you're working on your first book, you, you kind of think, Wow, I, you know, I don't know if this is any good, or, or is there really anybody out there that wants to read this? Um, am I a hack? And then you give it to that one person, or, or that 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 small group of people, right? And that person reaches back out to you and says, "I need more. I want, I want more of this story. You, you are so great at this. You need to keep going." And and it's just amazing how it only takes one person to really to really get us moving in the right direction. Yeah, it, uh, you know, I took a, a screenwriting class several years ago, just, just for fun. And mm-hmm. the professor, you know, I was always like the quiet kid and, and didn't really say much or just kind of like the, the person you don't really pay attention to. <laughs> and at, for our final, we had to write a screenplay and he, he would go over the screenplay with us 
And he was the, he made me the very last person that he talked to, which when you're sitting in class waiting for <laughs> the teacher to uh-huh. talk to you, it's very nerve wracking. And he purposely had me as the last person he talked to. And he told me that he had never read a screenplay like what I wrote before, because apparently I, I have an interaction with dialogue that a lot of people have trouble with. And hmm. he was so impressed with, with my writing. And that was the first time someone ever told me outside of your, you know, your family and friends. But that was the first time someone told me that. And he actually offered to let me like audit the next class because I couldn't afford to take it. So he was like, no, 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 just like, you can't stop. Like you got to keep doing something. So, so yeah, it's definitely takes that one person. Um, Without him, I never would have started writing um, like books and stuff. I was just doing it for fun. But yeah, it's it's definitely true. You just need that one person to give you a little bit of encouragement. And you're like, woohoo, like I'm awesome. Yeah. And that's so amazing that it was that it was a teacher, too, because, you know, teachers have such an impact on our lives, um, even at such an early age. But but this just goes to show even even beyond, you know, elementary and middle school, you know, some some of some of your your best people in your life are going to be your teachers because they're constantly there throughout your most influential time. And and I can remember specifically, actually, one of the first books, if you want to call it that I ever wrote was a children's book that I wrote back in late elementary school, early middle school. And it was because of a specific English teacher who made that a project. And I had all, I have never forgotten that book and that story. And I actually just got it. Uh, I just found it in a box not too long ago. Um, and, and I'm thinking about, you know, actually publishing it um, now that I know the business. But it's just so interesting, right? That, that these things stay with us for so long. And, and sometimes these people don't even realize how much of an influence they've really made on us. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 have you have you reached out to that 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 person and and mentioned to them that you you've published a book and and their influence on that or or are they totally unaware? Uh, you know, um, well, he he's not aware that I published, but I did run into him a few years later um, at a completely unrelated event. I, I was there for my cousin's boyfriend at the time, his film project. And I happened to see him in the audience. Mm-hmm. And I went up to him later and I was like, Hey, I, you know, I just wanted to thank you for, for the encouragement you gave me. And like the guy had no clue who I was. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> like he was, you know, I mean, when you see so many students, you're kind of like, huh? But, yeah. but I just found it more funny. I was like, you know what? Like I completely understand, but, but you had a big impact on my life, but you know, have a good day. <laughs> like some crazy person coming up to him. Yeah, that, I mean, I guess that just goes to show you never know who you're really impacting, right? Right. <laughs> um, now, I'd love to chat a little bit more about your books specifically, and <laughs> and and can you give us an idea of what your what your books are about specifically? Um, your your first one, and then also Highway of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, well, hi- so I was in a. I did a short story in Tricks, Treats, and Zombies. Uh, by published by All Things Zombie, so I, I did a little short story in that, and then Highway of the Dead is actually my my first solo publication. So um, it's Highway of the Dead Uprising, and obviously it's the first of a series. I, I have no clue how long the series is going to go. <laughs> it's just kind of, <laughs> you, you know, the story writes itself, and and it just keeps adding content. So, but um, yeah, it, it's uh, there's so many. Z- zombie books out there that you kind of have to find a little thing different. And with this one, I, I use meteors and it's kind of just something, you know, as the meteors crash, there's, there's a way that it, there's some kind of, a um, 
organic material on there that when it reacts with the earth's atmosphere, it creates this mist and it kind of, kind of creates the first zombie. And Mm -hmm. once that person starts biting other people, then they kind of become follower zombies. So some zombies are aware and some are just kind of followers or soldiers. So I'm kind of adding that little bit of element where the zombie is not some mindless, you know, walking corpse going around. Like they can plan and strategize, which is a little bit more tricky with yeah. with some of the followers. So trying to just do a, a little bit different take on there, which is which is fun and definitely opens a lot of avenues to explore. Absolutely. And what drew you to zombies specifically? Well, I mean, what doesn't draw people to zombies? <laughs> so <laughs> there's you know, you have shows like The Walking Dead and and George R. Romero with all of his his just creations and and introducing people to the world of undead. It, it's it's something that's just fun. It's um, there's so many different things that you can do with it, and obviously it creates that element of survival. And especially after the last year, like I think people are just they're all into survival mode <laughs> pretty much, mm-hmm. and they can kind of understand that. Um, you know, predicaments, things people have to go through, like what's no longer being produced and what you have to do on your own and um, how you have to survive without electricity and things. So it, it creates a lot of, a, a lot of different stories you can tell. Yeah. And, and I would love to know what the process was like for you on the self-publishing side of things. How was it getting that first draft, getting it edited, and then figuring out the whole publishing side? You know, with, um, it's great because I found a wonderful community of indie horror writers, uh, especially in the zombie community. Like mm-hmm. I, I love zombies, but I write other horror too. Like I'm working on a couple different series, but but the zombie community is so tight and they support each other, especially indie authors. And I found a great group of of fellow indie authors who really took me under the wing. They really mentored me. Uh, one guy, Mike Evans, he's just amazing. And, and he's, he loves sharing. And, and the one thing that we've learned in this community, it's, it's not about, it's not a competition with other indie writers. You want to support each other. You want to share each other's works and, and introduce readers to other types of writing. And they, they have just done so amazing with that. And, you know, we share editors and cover artists and, and, like literally Mike held my hand <laughs> through the self-publishing. <laughs> I was on um, Facebook Messenger with him sending him screenshots. I'm like, okay, how do I answer this question with Amazon? Like, what do I do? And he's like, here's what you do. Like, <laughs> he was amazing on it. Yeah, that's so great that you found somebody that can then, like you said, hold your hand through the process because sometimes there, it can be a little difficult, right? Some of these questions are a little tricky. And and if you click the wrong thing, it could it could mean that your book doesn't get published for for months or, or it means that it publishes right away when you actually meant to do a pre-order. So, (laughs) you know, there, there are a lot of, a lot of tricky things when it comes to self-publishing. And, and I wonder, did you run into any issues in your process? And if so, how did you overcome those? Um, the only, the only issue with the self-publishing I'm having is with advertising. Mm. Um, the actual publishing itself was great. And, and now that I know how to do it, it, it's super simple. It's one of those things you work yourself up for. And then when it happens, you're like, well, that wasn't so bad. Like <laughs> I got that. But with the advertising, it's, there's so many different platforms. And then, um, as, as a female writer, 
you come into other difficulties with advertising where you try to do just traditional advertising and then you end up getting comments from people or mm. requests for things. And I think as a, a female horror writer, there's not as many of us out there. So when you say like, like, oh, I'm an author, or I'm a writer, people are like, oh, romance. And you're like, well, no, <laughs> like, yeah, quite the a opposite. little different. <laughs> so, but nothing wrong with romance. I just don't write it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And can you talk about being a female author in the industry and, and how that's been both good and bad for you? What's your experience been like? Yeah, uh, it it's, I mean, I'm still kind of new at it, but definitely as a female, it's kind of neat because you have a different perspective on writing. Uh, sometimes it's hard writing about members of the opposite sex. So mm -hmm. sometimes when, I mean, with, I don't know about other genres, but in the horror genre, it's kind of like very male saturated and, and people know a lot of stuff that happens with women in horror stories. Like it doesn't always turn out good. <laughs> right. People, people love, you know, making it very difficult for the female characters. And, <laughs> and as a female reader trying to read through some stories and you can definitely tell is written by someone who doesn't have those experiences. So, so it's kind of like trying to describe things and you're like, okay, a woman would never do this. Like we're very analytical <laughs> and logical. Like we would not run upstairs if something happened, if there was like a wide open door, like we know to go through the door. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Just things like that. And, and it's always, um, you, you know, I, I don't know if you, if you ever saw it, but it was, um, Reese Witherspoon and she wrote that thing or, or did that, that statement where she was like, she made that she started realizing when she was reading screenplays and scripts where the woman always turns to the man and goes, what do we do now? And it's oh, like, yeah. it, you know, a woman would never ask that. Like most of the time people turn to the woman going, um, can you handle this? Like, can you take care of this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know. I mean, I know I lean on my wife for a lot of decisions, unfortunately for her, you know, but, um, but yeah, you're <laughs> so right. We, we, as at least I tend to turn toward the females in my life because they usually are more wise and smarter when it comes to making decisions. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that men are not like men are very, very smart and we, we need men, but you know, oh, sometimes yeah, not generalizing, just, just right. stating from personal experience. Exactly. <laughs> but it's like, not every girl's going to run upstairs when they don't know what to do and, and just hope a little lock from the door is going to save them. Like they're pretty, you know, they're pretty adaptable. <laughs> so, right. so it's kind of interesting when you just read things like that. So as a, as a female writer, it's kind of neat to be able to show people like, no, we have strong female characters who can take charge and do things. And in in my first book with Highway, it kind of follows mostly um, like a, a guy named Taylor and, and he's an older brother and he's trying to connect with his little sister, Lucy. And in the sequel, I'm kind of going in from Lucy's perspective, which mm -hmm. is great because she's not only is she, is she female, but she is uh, you know, she's 12 years old. So it's kind of like this younger kid trying to navigate a zombie apocalypse. And she's like <laughs> across country from her brother. So it's showing just how intuitive she is and how adaptable she is, which is really fun to, to write about. Yeah, I bet. And, and it's so great that you are bringing in this perspective and this, this side of things to horror, which as you said, is such a male dominated genre. And horror is so broad. Like it, it's such a broad genre. It's not just monsters. I mean, it, it's pretty much anything to do with you, you have like the fear aspect of it, uh, where you have 
like the Stephen King kind of thing where you just kind of have the fear underlining like human nature type thing with a little bit of supernatural. And then you have like monsters where you get like, like X-Files and and all that stuff thrown in there. Um, So, so there's so many different types and different subcategories in horror, which makes it kind of fun. I mean, you got Frankenstein and Dracula and Wolfman and Invisible Man and Swamp Thing. Like they're all the classic. <laughs> like when you think of monsters, you're like, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know anyone who doesn't think of a monster and immediately go to either a vampire, werewolf, or ghost. Right. right? <laughs> um, and and speaking of, um, you know, the the being a female author, you said it's been really great for you in the way that you're able to showcase that side of things, that, that, that experience, that point of view within the genre, which tends to not do that as often. But I'd also love to know, how is it on a personal level for you? Are you, are you dealing with a lot of backlash or negative comments from people specifically because of, of the fact that you're a female author? It, it's not so much of negative comments. I get a lot of inappropriate comments, which mm. as a woman in general, we kind of just deal with that. But right. Unfortunately, it's more of that kind of goes back to the advertising. I haven't figured out how to advertise. Uh, I I use a lot of TikTok videos um, Mm -hmm. to advertise the book. That seems like a good platform. And then I'll turn around and share that on like Facebook and and just kind of have the ad go that way. But I think it kind of it's almost like it it sends me to this realm of just just really creepy people that I don't want to interact with. So real life horror people. (laughs) Exactly. Like I will get interesting messages at like 3 a.m. But I'm like, really? (laughs) Like (laughs) it's just and then um some people, like I said, like this one person kept coming back and they're like, Hey, uh, can you write me a a romantic poem? And I'm like, I don't write poetry and I don't write romance. Like it doesn't work like that. (laughs) Like I can't just write anything. And then just some interesting people who we're like, oh, I'd like to do this to you. And I'm like, well, if you knew what genre I write, I can explain exactly what I can do to you. <laughs> like, probably probably yeah. not what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah, they better be careful or they're going to end up in your next, uh, exactly. in your next horror novel. <laughs> so, but you, you learn to just kind of look past it. Um, and, and just, it's just more funny now. Like I'll read some of the messages to my boyfriend. And he's like, okay, really? <laughs> like, they sent that to you? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. If, if they if they keep messaging me, they might have to end up in one of my books. So <laughs> <laughs> it's great that you're able to push past it and laugh it off, you know, because that is such a problem for some people, unfortunately, that that these messages come in from unsolicited people and and really sometimes can and can cause quite an issue. Um, you know, whether that be from them sending unsolicited photos or or whatever with their messages as well. But uh, I, I would like to think that we are getting better as a society as far as that side goes. But speaking of stereotypes and specifically in the horror genre, I'd love to know, you, you mentioned, you know, how you're trying to basically subvert some of these, these tropes of, of female characters going down into the basement when they really shouldn't or, or relying on the man for the decision. Can you talk a little bit about how you, you do that without writing outside the genre, you know, expectations and, and uh, how that's been for you? I think it's more of um, just kind of create a situation and figure out how your character is going to get out of it, regardless of if they're male or female. So 
it's not so much of I go, well, what kind of situation would Lucy get into? Or, or Alex is another female character in my book. You know, what situation would she get into and how would I have her get out of it? It's, it's, um, you know, because she's a woman, it's more of like, um, I need to create some drama here and, and some spooky stuff. So let's throw something in here and then, Hey, we'll see if they survive. So I, I don't really have a, a plan on how they, how I write them differently. It's more of, any situation for any person, regardless of, of their gender or their beliefs or anything. It's just kind of, it's all about survival. Cause I think in, uh, in a, in an apocalyptic world, mm-hmm. a lot of that, you know, obviously there's still going to come across people who deal with that, but in the first moments of chaos, which is kind of what highway is about. It's like the first day that everything is happening. It, it's all about confusion and just survival and, and it's almost like we revert back to just um, reactions on things and you don't have time to think it through. So, right. yeah, it, it's more of just kind of getting them out of a situation and, and what else can I do to torment my characters? Kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that because, you know, so many authors, I think out there, they focus too much when they're doing character development and, and plotting about the the details of their characters that aren't as important in the total story or, or in their mindset, right? Exactly. It's, and it can be with any genre across the board. Uh, it, every person's going to react differently to a situation. Um, you're, you're going to have the people who, who are brave and they can step up to the situation. You're going to have people who, who run away, uh, people who think on their feet and people who just freeze up. Um, my, you know, we were talking, my boyfriend, his name's Axel. So, uh, him and I, we were talking earlier and, I had mentioned that one of my characters, you know, kind of a plan was that she was just going to be stunned with everything, like in shock. And he's like, really? Like not much has happened to her. And and I'm like, well, <laughs> maybe, maybe in the book, like personally, not much has happened, but like, she's in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Like people react differently. And, and that's kind of, you know, an excuse to be in shock for that. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, it, people react in such different ways. And and half the time when I'm writing, I have no clue what my character is going to do or how they're going to react or how I'm going to write them. Uh, I, I know a lot of people sit down and they they have complete outlines of, of character development and where they're going to go with the story. But honestly, my characters tell me what they're going to do. And, and I'll have an idea of what I want to do with them. But half the time, I have no clue what they're doing and they just kind of write themselves. So it, it's fun to see where they're going because they can take on a, a mind of their own. Right. I think that's such an interesting thing as authors, right? We, I think most of us would say the same thing. We don't, we don't control our characters. We just no. write about what happens. You know, we just, we just observe what they do and, and put it on the page. We have no say in their life or their story. <laughs> right. Like we hope they'll do something, but you know, they're going to throw a little wrench in our plan sometimes, but you know what? It makes for good reading. <laughs> oh yeah. I like to think of it almost like, I don't know if you play Dungeons and Dragons, but, um, I I play and DM that a lot. And, and I always like to think about that because it's like as a DM, you know, you write a story and you, you try to you try to get your your players to to go a certain way. But but at the end of the day, they're going to do what they want to do. And you just have to adapt and roll with it and 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 move the story in the direction that they chose. And and, and usually it ends up better that way. And I, I think it works out the same way when you just let your characters drive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, you know, they, they will take you on the right road. You just have to be willing to, to sit back and observe. Exactly. Um, I, I didn't play Dungeons and Dragons, but we played a game called Dragon Strike, which I think is actually like the, 
the spinoff or not spinoff, but like the fries brand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) So, uh, but it's the same thing. Your characters are kind of like the other players in the story. And whereas you may have an idea of where it's going to go, your character will just kind of decide that they're going to go do something else. And you're like, okay, I guess we're going this route. So let's see what happens now. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of your your novel Highways, I'd love to know a little bit more about the inspiration behind the initial idea and and what what drew you to say it's going to be dealing with a meteor, you know, or meteors and, and this this wave of zombies and 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 how it created them and and like what what was the inspiration? What what created this idea? So I'm I'm really excited you asked <laughs> because <laughs> it a scene in my book is a scene that actually happened to me. And uh, it was with the character Alex, and it's early on in the book, so there is no spoilers or anything. Mm-hmm. But she basically one day I was driving home, and I lived out in the boonies pretty much. There was like a stoplight, and uh, you know, stoplights and, and no other lights out there because I, I live in Tucson and there's light ordinances, so there's no stop, um, like lights out here, so we can see the stars very well. Right. So it was just pitch black, and I was driving home, and it was like a 20 minute drive, and I was pretty out of it. And all of a sudden my, my car just lit up like it, like it was day and it scared me so much. Like I slammed on the brakes and I pulled over and I hopped out and like, what was that? And it was one of the, the meteors, I think it was a couple of years ago when it flew through and people saw all the way from like, like, uh, Las Vegas through Arizona. Um, and it just lit up the sky when it flew by. Mm-hmm. And so that's actually a scene in my book. It's one of the, you know, it's Alex when she's driving home and that's how you're introduced to her and, and she's driving and, and the meteor just flies by. And then she ends up kind of, she hears on the radio where it landed and she goes and, and just kind of sees what happens. And that's when you kind of see what happens with some of the zombies. But it was something so simple as that, just a, a daily interaction of something that I did and and I was like, well, this will be a cool story. And, <laughs> and I knew I was going to want to write zombies um, because it was such a, such a fun market at the time when I started it. I mean, it's still a fun market. And I was like, well, that, that's kind of a, a different way. You know, it's always like, like some kind of injection or, or a disease that runs rampant. And I'm like, well, this kind of gives it a little spin, which was fun. Right, right. Yeah, you're not writing a, a COVID-induced uh, zombie horror book. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably probably sparked a, a lot thing, of but... intrigue this this last year. <laughs> yeah. Do you also put parts of yourself or do you feel like a, a certain character is you in the book? You know, um, I think as a writer, you always have a little bit of yourself in, in a lot of your characters. Mm-hmm. Because just as a person in general, you have so many different aspects to your personality. And um, I feel like it's a way to to explore areas of that and my characters yeah some of them have some of my my traits um it's funny because alex she has her father dan and and her mother and i kill off the mom right away once again it's not really a spoiler it's like how you're introduced to her character and my mother when she was reading the story (laughs) she was like so you killed me huh like i don't even get a word (laughs) like (laughs) no no it's not you like (laughs) it's just you know it's a character (laughs) So, yeah. yeah, I think we definitely put some of our ourselves in our characters, but at the same time, once you kind of, you, you have an idea of what you're going to do for them and then, and then they just go on a whole nother, whole nother level. 
Do you use any influence from other people that you know? Do you use people's names of friends or family or do you use specific people and put them in your books usually or or do you stray away from that? I do. Um, so I actually worked, uh, a lot of my story takes place with Davis Mumpin Air Force Base and I worked on Davis Mumpin and growing up Air Force, uh, obviously I check with my dad on a lot of things like, hey, is this military <laughs> jargon correct? <laughs> but mm-hmm. Uh, I, I used to work on on Davis Monthan and I, and I worked with the 305th Rescue Squadron, which is featured in my in my book. And there were a couple people that that honestly I didn't know if I was ever going to interact with them again, but they just kind of inspired some characters. So I put them in there, and next thing I know, my father is sharing it with the entire rescue squadron. <laughs> so so oh, the no. people who were my characters, they came to my father and they're like. Did, did she write about me? Like, <laughs> but they were, you know, they were excited about it, but I was like, oh man, you just had to share it with all of them. <laughs> like, everyone's going to fact check me. <laughs> oh no. But they, but they, I'm sure they really enjoyed seeing they that. Right? Were, yeah. I mean, they're, they're cool cats. There's a reason why they're in there. They, they were very influential on me in a very positive way. And, and they're people that I'm like, you know, what? in a zombie apocalypse, you'd make it like you, you do good. <laughs> so <laughs> you make a, an, an appearance. <laughs> Speaking of in a zombie apocalypse, what uh, what have you learned about your research for zombie apocalypse, and and have you actually dug deep into those who are are doomsday preppers for that that situation, and and does that make its way into your book as well? It it will eventually. Right now, it's still in the beginning stages of the apocalypse. So, in mm-hmm. some areas of the country, they don't even have it yet uh, because it's kind Ooh. of where the meteors land, and not all the meteors have that organic material on them. So. It's kind of a lot of confusion, um, what's happening. As for preparation, I mean, I, I watched the movies. Like, I love zombie movies. I love anything horror. Uh, I watched The Walking Dead. I watched, um, uh, there was a sci-fi show that had zombies in it too, but I'm blanking on it right now. <laughs> uh, so, but at the same time, you don't want to immerse yourself too much in other zombie stories because you want to make yourself, your, your story your own. So mm-hmm. you don't want to start taking on their traits. Um, so th- there is a, a little bit of research in terms of just general amusement for myself. But as far as preppers, um, I actually happen to be friends with with a couple of people. My uncle is kind of a prepper. So <laughs> any information I just run by him, like, hey, what would you do with this? <laughs> and then, of course, nice. he'll send me like a, a five-page documentary <laughs> on what to do with like one simple situation. <laughs> Right. He, he sends you an entire package and says, exactly. just call me if you need it. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's like, do you need a place in order? I got you. I'm like, no, 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 just, just research. <laughs> yeah. Here's the code to my bunker, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> do you think that you, you personally would survive a zombie apocalypse? And if not, why not? <laughs> oh yeah. No, I would not survive at all. I'd probably get like stuck on a fence somewhere. It's like, <laughs> just be one of the first ones to go. <laughs> um, I know everyone's like, ooh, I would be Daryl from The Walking Dead or or someone from Shaun of the Dead and just be awesome. But like, nope, I'd I'd be the first one down. I would my electricity went out yesterday and I didn't know what to do with myself. I was just <laughs> sat like on the couch. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Oh, <laughs> so no. yeah, no, I would I would not survive at all. Yeah, and I imagine in, in Tucson, you know, with no electricity, the the AC going out, that even at this time of year can be quite quite warm. So oh. Yeah. Well, actually it was so random because we got snow, which like never happens. Oh yeah. And so it was snowing and that's what caused the electricity to go out. <laughs> so, so it was even the opposite. We're like, it's cold. Like 
<laughs> we didn't, it, it's only what 70 degrees inside the house and I'm just like bundled up in blankets. I don't know what to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's always so strange and, and not to get totally off topic, but I did, I lived in Tempe for a couple of years oh, and yep. um, it's, it's always so strange, right? When it rains, people don't know how to drive. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't even imagine the snow. <laughs> Lord help everyone. Um, we actually see red had lights a, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, one of my friends posted that her daughter actually had a, a snow day. <laughs> her daughter's virtual <laughs> learning in Tucson. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah, that, that's us Tucsonans. But you know what? We're, we're a, an eclectic group of people down here. <laughs> No, I love that. Um, now, for those authors who are thinking about maybe dipping their toes into the horror genre, um, but aren't quite sure how, um, do you have any? Do you have any advice for those specific authors? You know, uh, just write. Like I feel like a lot of a lot of people get so involved in researching how to do something. Like, how should I write this? How do you write in the genre? How do you do that? And it is good to have some knowledge, but I feel like a lot of that knowledge is given to you when you read in that genre. Mm -hmm. But I think if you research, like you can research too much and you can focus too much on doing something specifically and you're not letting your creative outlet just flow. And that's what we love as writers. We have this, we have these stories in our head that we want to tell and when you start getting too technical on it, then you're not expressing how you should. So I think you just need to sit down and write and just how it comes out is how it comes out. If you need to research something, obviously research it. Like, like I have a tank in my book and I know nothing about tanks. So I had to research <laughs> tanks for a little bit, but I'm not going to sit there and research the history of tanks and like everything going right. into it. So just you start writing because it's something that you love to do and it's fun. So you don't want to lose that aspect of it. Yeah. And as far as the, the horror aspect goes, where, where would one start on that side of things? Um, where would you recommend they, they look? Or how would they start to, to decide on, on what side of horror to begin? You know, I think it's more of where you're drawn to. Some people like the slasher. Uh, some people like the, the mystical element. There's a lot of sci-fi horror out there as well. Mm-hmm. And mine was just more of, I, I'm very influenced by like X-Files and Buffy and Supernatural. And, and I try to take kind of that element where, where I'm going to have a new series coming out called the Gabby Jones series. And it's going to be basically a monster of the week type story. So every book is a different monster she deals with. So okay. I think, but see, that's where I was drawn to. I love those monster of the week shows. So I think it's just kind of where you're drawn to, you know, if you, if you like the slasher stuff, like, like uh, Texas Chainsaw, then go for it. If you like the, the spooky stuff, like, uh, or, or more of like, um, where it gets in your head than insidious stuff like that, go for that. Like just start writing and, and play around with it. You know, there, you can cross, cross subgenre, I guess, uh, and just make it your own too. Right, right. Yeah, just just dive into what you love and and keep writing is basically what you're saying, right? Exactly. Um, you shouldn't restrict yourself on it is, is basically what I'm trying to get across. Like if you're going to start writing slasher, don't restrict yourself. If you want to throw a monster in there, go for it. Like j just do what write what you want to read. And, and if that's what you want to read, then keep writing it. I love that. Now, Bethany, if people are really interested, where can they find more about you and your books? I have a Facebook author page, which is right now my, 
my most used aspect for my writing, and that is Bethany Stutzman author page. And you just search for that. I'm going to have updates. I'll have a newsletter coming out, but I, I don't have it quite yet. Mm-hmm. But you can also follow me on TikTok, which is at Miss Monster Hunter. And that's pretty much has all my updates and, and new release info. Great. Well, Bethany, thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to support myself and the show, head on over to patreon.com slash today. I hope that you continue to enjoy these amazing guests each week and that you go away feeling a little bit more Indie Note.